0: Good evening and welcome to a Melden Law Monday, late night dilly dilly on the program. I'm Buddy Martin. Glad to be with you. Lots and lots of news to talk about. Some outstanding guests. We'll take a moment, pause to think about our country and our current pandemic uh, and say a word of prayer for those folks. And then we'll start tonight's program joining right here on this channel right now for the Buddy Martin Show. Will there be college football? Well, when we left for Friday night, we thought things were looking good. And we thought we had a schedule that we're going to sort out. Chris Doring broke the news who Florida was going to play, and then it all fell apart this weekend. And now the question is, what's going to happen? What's Greg Sankey going to do? Is there something you can do? And tonight, we thought about that as we... Took a clip from our favorite show of the month, the year, Yellowstone. When asked about what to do about his ranch, Kevin Coster's character in Yellowstone had this to say. You
1: wouldn't
0: be selling the ranch, just the land. Ranch? I don't know why. Last thing you asked me. got be another way. No, there's always another way. Yes, it's time again for Buddy Martin.
2: Call him up and tell him what you're thinking. But be kind because he's doing the best he can. Better, stronger,
3: faster. the owner because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush
0: hey
3: what if the voice calls while you're gone take a message <laughs> bye I'm Ready, i'm ready for this my whole life i'm well, incapable of small <laughs> but that's why you love me right kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes
0: Welcome to the program. Well, was last Friday real? Because it felt like football was in the air. It smelled authentic. You could almost taste football. And we're thinking, boy, you know, Greg Sankey is a genius. Look what he's done. He's preserved football for the SEC. Today, all of a sudden, it changed. And for a moment there this morning, it sounded like it felt like all of football was going to be closed down. But not so fast, my friend. I'm going to hold out a little bit on that. And I said this morning, and I'll say it again, the SEC has done everything in its power to be able to preserve football. It has all the elements. It has its own schedule, its own conference, has control of all the protocols, as Urban Meyer said in his recent podcast, if you haven't heard it, be sure and tune it in, we'll have a bite from it tonight, that they're able to do all the health protocols right here. The question becomes now, can they play? And I say they could be self-contained and play a season, whether it's a national championship or not. I mean, what the heck? If you play in the SEC and the end of the year you wind up on top and nobody else is around, you can declare yourself as national champion, all right? Anyway, it's really fascinating, somewhat frightening, and a little bit confusing. And we're going to talk right off the bat to Franz Beard about that. Our guest tonight will be Chris Thorne. He'll be along in about 20 minutes. And, of course, Graham Hall, who is the Minister of Information, will join us and we'll talk to him about what's going on there. And some recruiting news. All of a sudden, got those four or five stars coming in and defensive back coming to DBU. It's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out in Florida just got a lot better. It seems like in the recruiting class, I believe Rivals has got them number two in the 21 class. But let's see if we can go over to talk to our friend. We only got a couple of minutes with him on this particular segment, and then we'll get him back on later. But he's uh, going to help us usher in the breaking news. France Beard, uh, it was a confusing day, a kind of scary day, and, well, where do we stand now?
3: Well, I, we're going to know tomorrow um... – a lot of athletes are coming forward, hundreds of them, and said, we want to play. I wrote about it today. You know, you, you think about this. You know, I understand the concerns about the virus. But in their age group, the chances of death from that virus, infinite, not really much at all. You know how many deaths there have been since February 1st? In the entire country, if you count pneumonia, influenza, and COVID nineteen, completely sixteen thousand, which isn't a whole lot different than what it normally is uh, over the course of a, this stretch of time. Uh, you got to take precautions. I understand that, but these kids are young, they're healthy, they're not in the they're not in the age bracket that is going to be at the greatest risk. They want to play Uh, as Nick Saban said today with all the protocols we give, the kids are far better off to be here doing what we do, taking care of them than they are to be at their home or whatever like that. Uh, I, I think tomorrow we're going to find out just how, what kind of leader that Greg Sankey is. Um, I guarantee you, if the SEC says to play, the ACC will play, too, and the Big 12 will. Now, here's what's interesting. Just in the last 24 hours, Jim Harbaugh has spoken. P.J. Fleck has spoken. Scott Frost at Nebraska has spoken. Uh, James Franklin at Penn State has spoken. Ryan Day at Ohio State has spoken. Barry Alvarez has spoken. They say, "Hey, we want to play." And Scott Frost has even said, "We will play football this fall if everybody else is playing, if there are teams to play." Yeah. And I believe, I believe that uh, I believe it's going to happen. All right, uh, we
0: got about 30 seconds to wrap up this. So you're coming back to make more sense out of it a little later in the show, but tell me now. Looks like the Pac twelve and the Big Ten might be out, although the Big Ten hasn't made any decisions. And of course, uh, the ACC is—they're going to play. Greg Sankey says, "Not so fast, my friend. We got till the twenty-six coming up. The Big Twelve—I don't know what they're going to do. Pac twelve probably going to go out. Give me the thirty-second Fran scenario where we stand right now in terms of these teams and the conferences playing."
3: I believe right now that the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12 are going to play. And I think the Big 10 is going to look at things and they, you know, they may, they may opt out, but I think that there are teams that are going to say, if that happens, I think they're going to have a full scale revolution. And I think their rookie commissioner, Kevin Warren will have signed his own exit papers if that happens. Yeah.
0: And, and of course, uh,
3: the Pac-12, like, the Pac-12 is the lap dog of the Big Ten.
0: Yeah, and we'll see. I mean, if anybody ever could uh, could do it and pull it off, the SEC could do it. I mean, they got their own teams, protocols, whatever. They got the good healthy uh got the good health protocols. Francis, I'm gonna get you back to help you explain it to us. And we're gonna talk about the, the promise tonight, because we were both there. And this week ESPN has six hours of Tim Tebow, and we have a podcast up there, Urban Meyer. So we'll get you back in a little bit. We'll put it in perspective. And if anything else happens, Francis will tell us about it right on, on the back half of the show. Thanks, Francis. Appreciate it, buddy. Talk to you in a bit. All right, Francis Beard, there Iron Duke bringing it right there. Uh, let's uh, let's stop and tell you about our good friend at uh, Meldon Law. We're so thankful to have this show sponsored by Meldon Law, Meldon Law Monday. If you don't know about Jeffrey, well, you'll be hearing about him because he's everywhere. He's very, very actively involved in the community, Ocala as well as Gainesville. Uh, his his company is so. Uh, Now opening another office in Ocala, bought the old Cameo Photo Studios, um, and they're there. Uh, The construction will start soon on that. Scholar Athlete of the Year program, uh, he's got two of them this year, both of Marion County. We'll hear about that later on. Uh, Meldon all practicing since 1971. They're also a sponsor of the Quarterback Club in Ocala, and they'll become a sponsor of the Scott Brantley Trophy. And last week, we had a chance to visit with Jeffrey about some of those things, and... Here's what he had to say. Uh, by first of all talking about, you're no stranger to Ocala. You've been here a long time, and I think 40 years or so. You're well known in our community, and really well known in Gainesville. Uh, let's talk about your connections, though, and your and your presence and your new location here.
3: Well, we're really excited to uh, uh, announce that we just recently bought what was formerly the Cameo Photo Supply store thirteen twenty six south pine avenue right across mm-hmm. from the hospitals and uh it's uh going to be great to bring that building back to its original luster
0: that's fine and of course cameo photos was well known in this community for a long time and having been in the media the old days as a young reporter at the O'cala Star banner, we knew all about cameo and we had to go out and get some film or pick up a lens or whatever and what a great location, and how how great it is to have Meldon Law there! So, all right, Jeffrey Meldon, don't forget Meldon Law. We'll tell you more about his scholar athletes in just a moment. Glad to have him um, uh, as our friend and sponsor. They do great work. Have been in the business a long time. Uh, Meldon Law, you matter most. Time to go out to the hotline and talk to our friend Graham Hall. See if we can't get him going tonight. Uh, Graham has some recruiting news. We all know that Florida made a move on, in that direction. Um, and uh, picked up one the, of uh, the Palmetto Five, uh, a guy that's listed as a four-star one place and a five the other. But Graham Hall tweeted it out today that uh, Florida had a bit of a recruiting coup Finally got one of the uh, kids from Palmetto, and maybe they'll get more. We'll see. But let's go out to the hotline, Prince our Medical hotline, and talk to our man Graham Hall. Hello, Graham.
4: Hey, buddy, you're right on that. You know, they got two actually from from Palmetto in the span of 24 well, hours. Oh, they got
0: two. They got, they got s-
4: two. The second one was today. The first one was yesterday. The first one was actually more of a surprise. Oh, okay.
0: I, I got a mixed up this. So one was no. A, I don't blame the you. The five you know, star about- and the four star, right?
4: Well, that, that's what, I heard what you were saying about um, the sites. And, yeah. uh, you know, both are actually five stars depending on what site you use. Okay. You look at Jason Marshall. Um, let's yep. start with him. He committed. Yep. I think a lot of people didn't expect uh, Florida to still be in the running. But, um, I, you know, that's an area that uh, a lot of people on the staff, um, you got to credit, you know, Brian Johnson, Ron English on this one for sure. And, and obviously you guys are familiar with uh, Coach Jehovah. Um, if you've been on Twitter, you understand, um, what he does for the program. Um, they never really felt out of it, even though Alabama felt good for a long time. And then Miami in the last couple of weeks really was feeling good about, um, themselves on the trail, um, in regards to keeping these kids to stay in the area, uh, with Marshall, I kind of, you know, like everyone else expected it to be either an Alabama Miami battle as things kind of dragged on here. And then yesterday, uh, around 5 PM, he, he commits to the Gators and explains it, um, he had said on Twitter a few days prior that he had planned to, you know, shake up the room after three of the Miami Palmetto Five had committed to Miami. Um, Rashard Smith, as everyone knows, used to be a Gator and, and now committed to the to the Canes. And I think a lot of people expected the Canes to go five for five in Miami, and, and now they uh, ended up going three for five. And within the last twenty four hours, that, that all got settled out um the other one Corey collier i think everyone um
0: yeah that's the guy that i was thinking about that's you know? the one you
4: were thinking yeah. of you know that's the one i think everyone had him on their radar um they had this date circled august 10th um he had a commitment video all done he, he was scheduled to announce on cbs and, and as everyone was watching it got pushed that early it got pushed up initially from 2 p.m to 1 30. um and then I, I was with everyone else watching golf um on that CBS yeah, Sports really, app, and then yeah. it comes out at 3 p.m. He actually breaks it on his Twitter account, as, as you know how things are these days, uh, before CBS had a chance to really uh, get to him. Um, Zach Abelverde, as you know uh, really well, our good friend, um, directed his commitment video, had a really good story up on Rivals uh, that everyone should read about what drove Corey um, to kind of spur the Canes' pursuit and also go against... Um, his initial fandom of FSU. For those who don't know, real quick, I don't want to ruin everything in the story because it's absolutely worth a read. Uh, real quick for everyone out there, um, but he, he grew up an FSU fan, and and his dad uh, pushed him to find his own path. So, um, absolutely a good story worth reading by by Zach, and and a absolutely good worth you know a commitment video that's worth watching as well. Um, but you know those two guys, you look at them. Um, Collier on Rivals is the number 17 overall prospect in this class. And this is two straight years now where Rivals has had um, players ranked within the top 20 in their rankings that end up coming to Florida. Last year it was Derek Wingo, um, who was a five star in their site. And um, this year it's Corey Collier. He's their number one rated safety. If you go to 24 7 Sports, he's the number three safety on there. So, um, you know, obviously these are four star, five star guys. It doesn't really ultimately matter. They're all. Um, As you know, uh, no stars once they get on campus. But two guys that every program in the country really wanted. LSU was even feeling good for a long time about Corey Collier. I think obviously a little bit before the pandemic. um, And and Miami as well, what they're doing. The class that Fanny Diaz has really put together with James Williams, Bouchard Smith that I mentioned, Leonard Taylor. um, Those guys, uh, I I think that a lot of people did expect that Florida would strike out in Palmetto. And and now in 24 hours, uh, they've seen the class rise from what eleventh, all the way up to number six, and get their two highest-rated commits, and in, in, like I said, the span of one day.
0: So where are they now in rivals? What's the for twenty-one?
4: Um, on twenty-four-seven sports, they're ranked uh, the number six class in the country, six. third in the SEC, hmm. um, and, and that's obviously right where you want to be. And you know, we say this all the time. But, you know, five, six. Obviously, there's a difference between what mm-hmm. Alabama has done. You know, I think. Um, I think they have created some separation with five or four, four five-star prospects right mm-hmm. now um, and just only, what, 16 commitments. Yeah. So, And if they had added Jason Marshall, he would have been just another you know, not just another, but another five-star prospect added to the list that would have furthered the gap and made it harder for programs like Florida to catch up. So, you know, I, I had an interview last week, one more thing I'll mention before I turn it back to you, with Steve Wiltfong of 24-7 Sports mm-hmm. uh, last week, and he said that Leonard Taylor and Jason Marshall were two of the biggest tests for Dan Mullen in the recruiting class, uh, in the 2021 recruiting class. And he said that was because without huge advantages that he's had, that Dan Mullen's become accustomed to, um, he would have to go in and there and actually win these battles over big programs. Um, He really didn't have a huge argument. The proximity, the legacy, those were things that other programs had. and, And so for, to go in and get these blue-chip prospects, um, you know, he said that these would be huge prove-it statements for Dan Mullen. So I think that everyone else, Gator fans right now, should be looking at uh, those victories as such.
0: I read something, and of course, you know, in recruiting, I don't believe anything I read hardly, but someone said that they heard that Leonard still might flip. Have you heard that?
4: I, You know, I, I think in this day and age, and we say this all the time, you know, recruiting is never done until the ink is mm-hmm. dried. And, and mm-hmm. with the transfer portal, it, we know it continues long after. Right. Miami's not going to let that kid go until unless he absolutely wants to. Um, they're going to do everything they can to keep him, uh, and at the same token, he's going to have to hear his Miami Palmetto teammates, two of them now, talk about the Gators, and two of them try and keep him in Miami, if he is possibly torn. You know, I, I think if any coaching staff can take a lesson from maybe a previous coaching staff, not just at the University of Florida, but a prior one, it's that recruiting battles are fought to the last minute. And even if a kid tells you no in August, it's not done. And learning, knowing that lesson and, and feeling that is is one of the first steps in the battle. And I, I think that Dan Mullins coaching staff knows that. So I, I think that they're gonna keep fighting to flip Leonard Taylor if, you're, if that's the question yeah. throughout the entire cycle. Now yeah. do I think that they'll be able to do it? I, that's a huge battle to win. We know that they had a lot of momentum early on. Uh, we know that um, you know other things come into play, but this is a class that I think that when you look at the numbers, there's going to be some kids that still drop out, flip elsewhere. There's going to be some kids that go into this class. Florida's going to suffer decommitments they're going to get other kids. That's going to happen in Miami. I, I don't know if that's going to happen with Leonard Taylor, but if that does, that is absolutely monumental. For All
0: right, well, one more question for you. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I want to get this in so no. we have to go. Uh, Lynn wants to know, have you heard anything more on um, D V? Is that his name, flipping from Ohio State? You got a call yesterday with that question. Got- uh,
4: ten My Sedele. I, I yeah. hope I said that right. I don't know. Like,
0: A-D-E-Y-E-L-E. Yeah,
4: you know, another One that I'm just going to float this out there, and and I'm going to. I hate to kind of duck this question because it is a good question. I'm not trying to dodge you, but I just want to float this out there to think about. I asked when I was talking to Steve Wilfong just for his thoughts about the pandemic possibly keeping kids Mm -hmm. more close to where they are right now. Um, You know, I, I think that any program right now feels like when they see a kid going away to Ohio State, going away to Clemson, LSU that additional pitch that they can have right now is, hey, your family already relocated to this state. Are you going to make them move again in the middle of a pandemic? Do you want to move again for something that's not even a certainty right now in this institution right up the road, familiar education? I think that those are uh, advantages that programs have right now in regards to especially a place like IMG Academy that they maybe didn't have a year ago, a few months ago honestly. So, I, I think that his recruitment, obviously, same thing with Leonard Taylor. I don't think it's it's closed, but um, there's been no shortage of kids from that area that have made it out and gone to Ohio State. I mean, look at N- Nicholas petit to um, a name that comes to mind from a couple years ago. Uh, it definitely happens where where kids will leave the state. But I think that this is a, a unique situation where some people may think that he is one that <laughs> a program like Florida, excuse me, could go in and get Uh right now, but we'll have to see. That's going to take um, some serious recruiting, but I think that with Jason Marshall and Corey Collier's commitments that Florida's shown right now that they are up to really any task, uh, they brought, they got to be feeling good about themselves in the recruiting trail right now.
0: Well, we've taken all your time off talking recruiting, but I do want to get in a question about the overall uh, thing is what a day it has been in football. We don't yeah. know where we stand. Uh, yeah. You know, This thing is back and forth, and when the morning started, Friday night I thought we are going to have a football season. I could smell it and feel it and touch it and then the schedule, and next thing I know, uh, it began to fall apart this weekend. And then this morning, uh, when the first report came out, it was they're done, they're out, the Big Ten's done. And now the rest of it is going to fall, and, and we're going to have no football. So where in your mind, after all is reporting, and we know we've had updates since then, where do you think stand, things
4: stand right now? What will we find out tomorrow? Well, my confidence was certainly shaken like your, yours was. but And obviously, I think we'll have a lot more clarity in the next 24 24- definitely 48 hours here in regards to the SEC if if something does come Wednesday. Um, You know, I think that it's important to note that uh, presidents are going to want to have a say about this, certainly. And and I think that um, this is something we've talked about a lot. I don't know if there's been enough communication between the athletic programs and and the schools. This is one of the consequences about, you know, divvying up your athletic institutions and your universities is there's going to be just a sometimes a miscommunication I, I think that we are in a place right now where college football can happen, but as it gets closer and closer, I could easily see a situation where you only have three conferences playing or, or you know, two. yeah, or only two, you know, maybe one's a, a G5 conference. I mean, you know, I, I think that we're close to that. Um, sadly, I, 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 that's my gut feeling right yeah. now. All right. But, yeah. It's yeah, hard to I, know. I, I know, know it's just a guess right, right now.
0: now. We don't have any yeah. facts, but, uh, listen, great job as always. The minister of information, yeah. Graham Hall, <laughs> bring it. Tonight. Thanks buddy. Thank you. Very good. Nice job. Appreciate it very much.
4: My pleasure. Monday. Great. I'll talk to you next Thanks, week. My guys. friend. Take care. Stay right. safe. Stay healthy. Yeah,
0: thank you, buddy. You too. All right. Good job there by our buddy. Uh, Graham Hall. He's always there. On, brings it every time. Now we're going to go get it so we can get, uh, Chris Doering, get him started. Uh, Boy, saw him come on last Friday night, I was starting to feel good about things. And then things, unfortunately, began to break down. So while we do this and we go get him, I want to tell you about our friends over at RenStar Medical Research. you see that right there in on this side, that's RenStar. That's a, They've been a great supporter and friend of ours in this community um, and also uh, a business that has brought a lot in terms of what they offer what better business to have in your community than someone who's involved in the medical business with a a superior medical research facility like Renstar has got And we like to to brag about it because it's something we're proud of. The work they do is high quality. There's all over the world. People seek Renstar and they have a great reputation as a high quality patient centered clinical research facility. They bring cutting edge clinical research to Ocala and there is like Alzheimer's and psoriasis and, osteoarthritis, migraines, fibromyalgia, along with many other conditions that affect us here in our community. Clinical research studies are regulated by the FDA, and safety is closely monitored by an independent review board. You can get a free memory evaluation, and I plan to go take advantage of that one of these days. Uh, if you're experiencing any memory decline, uh, you're bound to if you get a little older and uh, experience some, uh, you can call them at, uh, down there in, three, in Ocala, 352 Ocala 5800 um, and uh, I'll go online at www.renstar.net and uh, and ask about all that stuff. How you get enrolled in these investigational clinics? And Renstar Medical Research seeking tomorrow's answers to the health questions of today. And that is the voice of Chris Doring. And last time I heard it, I was feeling good. And now, what has happened since Friday night? Oh. Hello,
1: Chris. How you doing? Yes, huh? I'm doing well. Yeah, what a uh, roller coaster of emotions oh, from Friday gosh. night. Where you know, I thought everything was full speed ahead, and we're uh, feeling great about the uh, season and everything else, and then all of a sudden, news breaks Saturday morning with the Mac, and mm-hmm. things deteriorate from there. It's been a, a crazy 72 hours or so.
0: Emotional roller coasters are hard to live on, aren't they?
1: No doubt. No doubt. I mean, shoot, even... I feel like we're back on the uptick a little bit here on, on Monday evening, where it was uh, seemed like doomsday earlier in the day, yep. but uh, I guess you can't can't really tell until uh, it all plays itself out.
0: Yeah, just, just take me through that. But let's first go back to Friday night. Yeah. I felt like I was on the Oscars and you had the envelope in your hand.
1: And that was <laughs> quite an experience. Hey, I could tell
0: you were kind of tickled by it.
1: I was. i tell you what was worse than, than that was actually having the, the answers to yeah. the question that everybody wanted two hours in advance. I like yeah. was sworn to secrecy and, and wanted yeah. nothing more than to be able to tell my friends, tell everybody else who uh florida was going to be playing and, and having to uh keep that a secret was very very difficult but I bet it was, fun. It was. Yeah. i got a I uh, i got a text from my coordinating producer earlier on the day of friday asked me about my availability i figured i knew what it was about and uh to get a chance to be on that show that you know that's such a unique show a live show where it's very similar to what uh we yeah. always watch with the ncaa basketball tournament yeah. announcement and just uh Having the chance to, to to do that, knowing so many people were anxiously awaiting what what I had to say with uh, with Dari, man, yeah. it was really cool.
0: That was a, that was a cool position to be in. Uh, yeah, um, I uh, I wanted to get to the issue of the, what you just talked about, the emotional roller coaster. But before I do that, I want to set a frame of reference with you, and and, and I want you to check me because you You'll check me. You tell me if I'm thinking the wrong way, mm-hmm. but. I had this thought really several days ago, and I know it might be Pollyannic's to hold on to it. But I thought to myself, if there was ever a conference that could be standalone, it has its own governance, its own protocols, all have reasonably good medical facilities, uh, and they're going to take the money to take care of their athletes, the SEC is poised. Hey, and
1: not to mention that. Not only that, but buddy, the the, the willingness and history of of blazing a, no, a new trail, going on their own. Let's think back to to Roy Kramer and what he created with the conference championship game that everybody else duplicated. Everybody mm-hmm. thought that was crazy when they rolled it yeah. out in 1992. You know, when when Mike Slive helped build the the college football playoffs. I mean, all, all these different things have come from the SEC. And you mentioned it, the leadership. Greg Sankey is as strong of a leader as there possibly is. I've come to know him a little bit over the last yeah. few years and admire him so much. And, smart uh, guy,
0: huh?
1: Yeah, very smart and, and very strong-willed and very, very uh, – uh, a, a great communicator. I mean, I think he solved the issue, remember, with, uh, with Florida and LSU a few years back after the hurricane. I thought he hand, handled oh, that solomon yeah. like Solomon-like yeah. wisdom. I mean, I, I just yeah. I think so highly of the guy. And to your point, I, I, we had Brett McMurphy on my show two weeks ago, and we asked him the question, if there was one, one Power Five conference that you thought might pull the plug first, who would it be? And he said the Big Ten. He said, after that, I think the Pac-12 will follow. I think the rest of the conferences will follow. But I think the SEC is intent on playing whether they're the only conference left playing. And mm-hmm. I, I find that to be very true. I think they're going to give it every shot they can possibly have. And I was encouraged tonight to hear the ACC uh, they're in. They were not canceling. They're in.
0: They said they're in. Yep. Uh, yep. And and, and 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 what gets me is that the the genius of not committing to an early date. And I said when they did it, how smart is that? Yep. Buy your time. Wait a week. Wait ten yep. days. He didn't have to hurry on any decision. He's got till the twenty sixth. Hey,
1: and, not even that though. You you got the ability to push it back past that if you Exactly. Need. So, like, I, I don't know understand why we're all like, up in arms about the twenty sixth at this point in time. Like. Yeah. Find a way to have the the season be played if that means taking a break, if that means buying time, if that means starting the season and pausing it. I think there's reason to give it every possible chance. And what we see from the Big Ten, or at least what are we hearing reports about, it's them going on their own, doing something prematurely. They didn't have to announce the, the no. Big Ten only conference schedule when no. they did. No. They did I, yeah, on their own I think they were just. Anybody else. Yeah, I and, think
0: that, that was let's just let's, their ego. Don't you think yeah. that was like, we're going to tell the SEC, everybody else, what we're going to do, yeah. and we're going to dictate what happens? Hey, yeah. that was a bad move on their part.
1: Yeah. And, and that's that. That's what's going on here too. It's their moral superiority coming out, like, "Hey, we're going to be like the Ivy League and cancel the season and and be the smart ones around here." And I think, you know, they wanted everybody else to come along with them this time too. And 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 to the credit of the even the Pac-12 on this one held off and at least is, is pausing and 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 holding before they make a decision.
0: I don't mean this to sound arrogant, but um, people talk about the start. What started this was. The Mid-American Conference canceled the season. And then we had uh, Mountain West. Since when does the Mid-American Conference dictate what the SEC does?
1: But the Mid-American Conference is a totally different situation. I know. Uh, I know. You can tell me a part of it may be a concern over the student-athletes, you can tell a larger part of it is maybe they don't have the ability, the finances to test and have the same protocols. Or or litigate. They, they lost, litigate. they can't litigate it. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they lost 21 money games, buddy. Yeah. That's the real impetus for yeah. this. They lost 21 Good big point. paydays yeah. that it makes it more uh, affordable now to not have a season than it does to play and not have those money games they were counting now, on. The moral high ground looks a
0: little different when you start counting the cash. And you realize what, what there is the moral high ground issue versus the the cash. You, you, it's no easy doubt. to say that, like you point out, you lose twenty-one money games. You know, that's that's a big that's, that's a huge one. So so anyway, so I, I just I kept thinking, am I crazy? Am I seeing this differently? But I'm saying, you know what? I'd like to see Sankey ride it out to the end and if he has to, let's saddle up and play and tell us when we gotta stop. And, and here's why, and, and I'm not, I'm not right. saying I'm not being mercenary here. Tell, Chris, tell me if this is true. After talking to people, particularly Dr. Pete Indelicato, he made a great point. I may have told you this last week. I thought he said, well, and he's, by the way, he's kind of thinking, you know, I mean, he's not sure they should play. But he says, here's the deal. There's not going to be a zero virus anywhere, okay? And not next year, Right. They're gonna have virus. So you gotta make up your mind what's an acceptable number of infected people. Yeah. And if you're gonna say, put a number on it, say, all right, let's say that in Gainesville it's eleven percent, but in that one little area and the athletes and the team in the program, it's fo four, four or five percent. And you have them tested almost every day, and as he points out, they have a health system in 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 Shans, right there on the campus, right next to the athletic yeah. department, which a lot of as he points out, a lot of schools have got to go fifty miles away. And and I hear people like I heard I heard Shane Matthews say it about Luke. I heard uh uh Will Muschamp say about his son in South Carolina, Urban Meyer told me about his sons in Cincinnati. I asked them all, do you have any fears about your sons playing? They said no. No. Their parents are okay with that. And so I'm thinking, am I missing something here? Because I am very careful. I don't go out of the house. I basically quarantine myself. I'm an old guy. I could be subjected to, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. But the bottom line is, is that, you know, these people say, and some of the athletes said today, if I go home, I'll be more subjected to it there than I am in this environment, right? Am I right about that?
1: Yeah, I think you're right about all of it. And, you know, uh, we keep using the word kids. Like, uh, I guess relative, uh, it is uh, the truth. But the bottom line is these kids are 18 years old, Mm -hmm. which in this country makes them adults, which Mm -hmm. in this country gives them the right to make big boy decisions for themselves. And and I'm with you. I I, I think that they're in a much safer environment with the protocols that are in place, particularly, you know, knowing what's going on here in Florida and what I've seen. Uh, knowing the health care, the, the the access to health care that they have on campus. Like, I, I I still go back to something my co-host Peter Burns tweeted out earlier today. It's like, these presidents are about to vote to cancel the season, but yet they're still having tens of thousands of students coming on yeah. to have yeah. in, in-person classes. Like, if that's not hypocritical, I don't know what is. What's up with that? Yeah. Telling what the, the biggest thing is, they're concerned about the liability, that's and it, it goes back to what you said earlier. The money, the money is the the motivator
0: mm-hmm. here. Yeah, that really is. A, that's crazy. Well, we might as well put a word in here, uh, and, and and talk about these young men stepping up. We want to play movement. How impressive has that been? And, and you well, may, I- whether you're anti-union or whatever, remember Carlos Alvarez was going to start one of these in 1970. This whole players' association deal, and people said, "Oh no, a union." But I think it shows leadership. These kids are impressive. They're thinking, they made a misstep on the Pac 12 when they said, we won't have the gate. They got out of their lane on that one. But taking care of their business, taking care of their health, you know? Uh, And Uh, I think it's very important, very important that they they showed leadership, don't you?
1: A couple things to to your point there. One, you know, I I think, you know, the, the. the Pac-12 United folks got a little too big for their britches there, mm-hmm. threatening to sit out. I think they 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 showed their hand, and everybody deserves to have you know the proper protocols in place. But you know this is a very different voice that we're hearing now, Say, "Hey, we'll play wherever, whenever, whatever we got to do to make the season happen." And to the players' credit, they came back in Jan in June, early June, around the country, and the numbers at every every place that was reporting them was you know, Clemson was in the 37-38 range, LSU had a huge outbreak, Alabama had a huge outbreak, everywhere had these big numbers, and what we've seen is now players taking responsibility, understanding their role in helping to give a season a chance to be played, mm-hmm. and the numbers have gone either way, way down or completely been eliminated from what we're hearing in most of the schools. Jim Harbaugh talked about at Michigan what they've been able to do to decrease the numbers. I mean, I think that, like, to your point, going back to what we said earlier, it's proven to be able to be a little more controllable, and to uh, to 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 be able to have these, uh, these these protocols in place that actually do work.
0: Agreed. All right, CD, I want you to wrap it up for me and tell me where do we stand, what's going to happen, what you mm-hmm. your, uh, okay. oh, do you see so in your crystal ball, and how do you well, do you what's your gut? Tell me your gut.
1: Uh, I think the SEC plays man, uh, and I think the ACC plays I think the big twelve plays uh, i, I don 't know, or at least they they give it the attempt to play you know if, if I could see that if they if they get the season underway or they actually get to to contact practices and and numbers are through the roof, you know if you've got to call it at that point, but let 's just give it a shot i mean these, these players have put in too much time, they've put in too much work and, and, and blood sweat and tears and emotional energy. I'm not big on, on the Big Ten in a lot of ways, but I love the Big Ten coaches with the Ryan Day and Jim Harbaugh and, and, uh, and Scott Frost, all these folks coming out in support of their, their players and in support of having a season because they understand the work that's been put into this point in time. They understand the protocols that are in place. And I think a lot of these presidents clearly are out of touch because they, they, Ryan Day mentioned on College Football Live today, how shocked he was to hear that the season was going to be canceled. Clearly, there's been no communication between mm-hmm. the guy that's voting and the yeah. guy that's actually boots on the ground every day. Right,
0: right. And then I hear the new president, Dave at Ohio State has already said she wants to play football. She's uncoming. so I don't know. Hey, Chris, great stuff as always, my friend. I'm glad yeah, you're looking yeah. good and feeling good and good to have you back. Good stuff. And let's keep our fingers crossed. You and I believe it, it could happen. I yeah. don't care if only they play in the SEC. I'm good hey, with that. Hey,
1: it'd be a great way to get another national championship tour. To
0: <laughs> well, why not? Alabama's got a bunch of them like that. <laughs> you so know, They used to encourage themselves champions. Thanks That's a correct. lot, Chris. Great stuff. We're we'll listening Thanks. for you watching you. Chris don't me all right. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, it's good to have Chris on. I wanna just... By the way, I just want to say once again, uh, this is Melton Law Monday. Thanks for all that they do. Uh, And for the things that, uh, for our community, as well as thanks for sponsoring this program. Uh, We will tell you a little bit about them, but one of the things they're proudest of is their Scholar Athlete Program, which uh, you'll be hearing a lot about here. Since 1997,
3: Melden Law has given away over 600 scholarships to deserving high school scholar-athletes. The 2020 Male Scholar Athlete of the Year is Jay Frazier's from Dunellen, who will be playing right here in the Swamp for the Gators.
0: Uh, some of you have heard this uh, podcast before, uh, and some of you have not, but uh, Urban Meyer and I do a podcast every week now. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be uh, regularly here on this show, and we'll have the podcast. Out. Wherever you get your podcast, you can pick it up. So we talked to Urban. And we talked to him about Tim Tebow and the day of the promise. But what was it like when Tebow was devastated after the loss to Ole Miss? What happened in the locker room? Urban, let me take you back to a moment. And this is something I didn't know until after. Uh, and we wrote about it in your book, Urban's Way. Which I think, I've said this to you and i said to other people, one of the real terrific jobs of coaching. Sometimes, don't say anything. A lesson all coaches could learn from. And take us back to that night a day at Florida Field where Tim failed to get that yard on fourth down. and turned the ball over and lost to Ole Miss. And that was the night, of course, the day he would make the promise. But before that, I forget if it was before or after, uh, he was in his locker and he was absolutely just crying a river of tears. And you take it from here. But as I recall, you walked up to him and saw him. And what did you do? Yeah, I just sat next to him.
2: And, uh, you know, at that point, most everybody, you know, from just anger to disappointment to being devastated, and most of the players and coaches had already left. And, you know, I, I had a hard time even functioning after that game. And, and uh, you know, it's a little bit like you go through hard times in your life. Who do you want to be around? Those you love and those you care about in your family. And that was, just, you know, professionally, that was one of the hardest days I've had. And so I looked for my guy, and sure enough, he was sitting right there in his locker. I just simply sat next to him, and we didn't say a word. We didn't say a word. We just sat there for, you know, 10, for quite a while, actually. And that's uh, afterwards he got called into the media, and, and I kind of went about my way and, and went to work, and I didn't hear about the speech until the next day. And I told you, I think, before that I was devastated. that he, Not devastated, but just disappointed, because I thought there was for sure he was going to blow back, because I, I really believe and this. Unfortunate as all is, there's people out there actually try to hurt you and, you know, that write really bad things about you and try to hurt you. All
0: right, here's the comments by Urban Meyer uh, and his podcast. Uh, we'll have that on Fridays usually. And uh, that's the, called the best Fridays in football. And that particular scene I wanted to play because uh, France Beard was sitting right next to me. We're sitting next to each other when the next thing had happened was one of the most amazing things we've ever seen in sports. And when it happened, I turned to France and I said, wow. And what did you say, France?
3: About the same thing. Uh, you know, uh, and the amazing thing about it is when we left there, um, there were so many doubts still, you know, uh, okay we were going to find out what Tim Tebow was made of. And there was a lot of writing and reporting that week. And the talk on the TV networks was, we're going to find out all about Tim Tebow. And then the other thought was the Gators had blown it. There is no way that they could win the national championship now. Uh, Those two things. Here's what I remember. We went to Arkansas one of the best road trips we ever made, by the way. Stayed at the Radisson Inn at the Tulsa airport, drove over there. I still have the Arkansas t-shirt and cups that I bought uh, (laughs) there, you know. You think about it, that's 12 years old. And that t-shirt's as ratty as it could be, but I still got it. And um, Florida went out there with a mission and when we finished it I never forget we're driving back to Tulsa. After this game we'd written we were writing, Brendan is is driving the van and everybody's we've got our laptops out and we're working there in the in the car. And is that um, where
0: Fender fell out on the, on the gas station and hurt himself or is that someplace else?
3: That was someplace Okay, else.
0: all right. He wasn't drinking either, by the way. Just, no, yeah.
3: Fenneran wasn't there with okay, us all on, right. on this
0: trip. I forget. There's been so many of them. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Fen-
3: Fenneran was not there with us on this Okay. Trip. And, um, but on the way back there, you know, we all, th- you know, we, we both finished writing at the same time. I think Mark McLeod was with us. He finished mm-hmm. his writing. Tim Casey was buried in his his uh photos which he always was tim didn't have anything to say because he was too bit too busy editing about ten thousand photos that he took every ball game never seen anybody could produce the volume of photos and the quality volume of photos that jim can best photographer just as good a sports photographer as there is out there but anyway we finished this and one of the things that we talked about about those la- during that, about those last 30 minutes back into Tulsa was, I think they're back. And we said that because Florida went in there and played like a team on a mission. And they they won that game. I mean, uh, Rainey had a more than a hundred yards rushing. Dimps had more than a hundred yards rushing. Um, you know, Tebow just absolutely slammed everybody, and Florida wins that game by thirty-eight to three. And from that, and, and that might have been, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that might have been as close a game as they had the rest hmm. of the way. Um, this was a team that was on a mission. If if there's such a thing as a good loss, hmm. the Ole Miss game was a good loss. Yeah, because Florida. Got that out of the way, got the cockiness out of the way, understood that they could lose a game to somebody they had no business losing to, and they made it a point that that was never going to happen again. They go to the SEC championship game, which for all practical purposes was the national championship game uh, with Alabama. The two best teams in the country were Florida and Alabama that year. And that's not taking anything away from a great Oklahoma team, but... You know, Florida beat Oklahoma as well. You know, in the national championship mm-hmm. game. You know, you look at those those two back-to-back games here about Florida beating Alabama, then beating uh, Oklahoma. Never forget the next morning, you and I are sitting by Brent Musburger at the the uh, at the press conference with Urban Meyer, and Brent Brent looks at us and says. I don't know who told me that Tim Tebow can't throw, but he said he made three throws that you only see in the NFL in that game. Hmm. He said he is the real deal, yeah. and and he was. Yeah. I mean, By the way,
0: Karen back- Simmons says the final score was 38-7. It was 17-7 in the beginning of the fourth quarter.
3: What, the Florida-Arkansas yeah. game? Yeah, yeah. Thirty well, I got it right here. Well anyway,
0: it's not important either. But Terrence no, he he knows he knows his stuff. Uh anyway, it's not important. Uh, you know, you I trust you your word, if you say it's whatever it is. Um It may have been thirty eight to
3: seven, but uh that that was yeah, yeah. I w I, I don't
0: doubt that, yeah. Well Florida, he he backed Arkansas, up his promise. To seven. He backed up his promise, that's the important thing. Uh, and I think that's that's he he spoke and then he backed it up, so uh, but, nonetheless, that was, that was quite a day and quite a memory. And I just never forget, I was sitting there. I've got that video that Brendan Martin took. And, you know, he's got that pure, completely not unedited version, which we play a lot of times. Here's a note for you, friends. This is what came out regarding Tebow. Uh, SEC Network, old six-hour Tim Tebow tribute on August 14th. What's significant about that is Tim's birthday. The Florida Gators, High School Trophy winner, and general hero of Gator Nation, have Tebow will have his birthday celebrated by the SEC Network this week, when the ESPN channel airs six hours of programming schedule dedicated to him. Gator Nation will have a full day of Tebow on Friday, August 14th, starting at 9 a.m. Now, I remember the day, and I can't remember what day it was when there were somebody counted the times that ESPN mentioned Tebow's name. It was over a hundred in one day. You remember that? That they? The, the, I mean, you couldn't get enough Tebow. Nobody could get enough Tebow. It was crazy. Talk to Urban about it a little bit today, some of the memories he's had. Urban says he remains very much like a member of his family. That his daughters and his son, they all think of his family. And Urban's on Tim's board. And he still says, if you go back and look at the pattern, you would know this could you keep track of this. Look at the efficiency ratings. That Tim was finished second when he got through playing. He was second in all time in college football and efficiency ratings. I didn't know that. Did you know that?
3: Yeah. I did yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he Tim was uh tim uh, Tim was uh something very very special yeah, yeah. And, and and uh you know we'll never see another one like him, yeah, I, I guarantee you that when it comes to uh everything, um yeah,
0: I listened to Chris Doring,
3: and I wrote about that today, and did I you? Thought, you know yes i did i I did the thoughts of the day, oh, today. yeah, no, I
0: read your column, I know yeah, you did write about it yeah and and you know
3: um. We're going to find out tomorrow.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, all right. Where do we stand? As the leader.
0: Where do we stand? Well, what's the deal? And do you agree with Chris and I? I think you do that if ever it could be a standalone league, it's the SEC.
3: Oh, no question about it. And and here's, here's something that, that I don't know. Anybody has said, I don't know if Chris said it cause I didn't hear everything he said, but here's something to think about too. If the SEC goes ahead and plays. Can you imagine the TV ratings? Can you imagine how... You know, the SEC is going to play, the ACC is going to play, and I guarantee you the Big 12 is going to play too. You're going to have those three play. Um, It's interesting that we're already seeing cracks in the Big Ten armor, and I'll be willing to bet you that Wisconsin, Minnesota, Nebraska, Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State. I will be willing to bet you those six teams play. And it's going to be very, very interesting if they do. Uh, good point was made earlier. Since when does the big, does the mighty Mac determine
1: yeah. what college yeah. football does? Yeah.
3: And, and, and you know what? I looked at this. Every single team in the Mac has at least one paycheck game with either the big Ten, Big 12 SEC or the SEC.:
0: Yeah Chris pointed out there are 21 money games.
3: Yeah. and this is, you know saying it's all about the about the health the, the health well, Oh the health everything. of your checkbook, baby. It, that's a that's the easy way out is to say, well, you know, we got to worry about the health matters. No, you don't. You know, if you yeah. believe me, here's the thing. think about this. What's more, what is going to be more of a problem? Playing in the fall, when you got great health care on the sidelines, etc., like that, and a virus that. If you add the flu and pneumonia to it, 16,000 people with those three things have, been, have died between the ages of 15 and 24 yeah. since February 1. Yeah. Now you think about this, what's gonna be more dangerous to the players, playing in the fall or trying to play a double season? Which is what they're going to do if they play in the spring.
0: I'll tell you what's more, more dangerous to- going home. That's no. what's dangerous. Going home,
3: you are going home, but you know, playing. You think about this. You try to play a spring schedule, and they're not going to play a full schedule hmm. in the spring. You know that. Maybe six games then, and then you play twelve, or a lot with a school like Ohio State, capable of making the national championship game. That'd be fifteen. That'd be twenty-one games from January until January. You know, Kevin Warren is a rookie commissioner, and he just showed that he is a rookie. And I guarantee it. He just. He He is about to get a smackdown if Greg Sankey has a. He's already
0: game. gotten schooled on it already.
3: If if Greg Sankey comes out tomorrow and says we're playing, which I think he will. Uh, He's going to say, I, I think, here's how I think he's going to say it. I think he's going to say, we are going to play, but we've got until September 26th should anything arise which causes us to reconsider.
0: I don't think you'll that, say that much. I just think you say, we're going to go keep on doing what we've been doing. We're going to keep planning to play on 26, and we'll let you know. But right now, we're planning to go.
3: Well, here's the other thing that, that's, that really comes to mind based on this mark emmert mark emmert is absolutely you know worthless he is you know remember the old saying when we were growing up in the 50s there was the old saying useful as a screen door on a submarine remember that old saying
0: <laughs> there was a different yeah. one that had to do with with, uh, with the with the borehole, with the hog but that's a different one
3: well yeah there <laughs> <laughs> there, there where was that but you know i I'm sure you remember the old saying, "Well, he's as useful as a screen door yeah. on a submarine yeah. well, that's about <laughs> that's about what mark Emmert is mm-hmm. he's about that useful screen door on a submarine uh i would i i'm gonna make a prediction that by the end of this week the s e c the a c c and the Big 12 are going to talk about plans to secede. And if those three secede, I guarantee you the Pac-12 and the Big 10 will have no choice but to do the same thing. And it should be. And the one thing we gotta do is we've gotta find somebody capable of leading. We got... uh, I, I don't always agree with Stephen A. Smith, but one of the things Stephen A. Smith said today, now he called for the cancellation of the season, but here's why he said that he said He says, we need a leader and there isn't one. Somebody's got to step up and somebody's got to lead. I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's going to be Sankey. Yeah. I, I keep hearing from people who know him well, I just heard it from Chris uh, yeah. out there and I've heard it from others out there are prominent people such as steve melnick that sankey oh. is the guy and yeah. this is be his chance to prove that he is the guy he's got to get up there and show it and one of the ways he's going to show it is he's going to give the middle finger to the folks in the big 10 and the pac-12 and say we're playing anyway now i want to ask you this can you imagine the tv ratings that the SEC well, yes, That's, I've said
0: that the whole time. Imagine play playing as all the SEC schedule and look at the ratings you get and the, you think the net, networks will drive trucks to your door and dump money on you to play how well, it is.
3: That if, if there's no Big Ten and there's no yeah. Pac-12 and you've got three networks and the SEC is already wasting everybody in recruiting Florida just picked up a five-star safety. Yeah, right. And, five and, and a four. Yeah, there
0: are two yeah, fives, four actually. Four-star
3: corner. Four star, uh, yeah, Palmetto. I mean, four, four, five-star corner and a four-star safety yeah. out of Miami Palmetto. Yeah. And trust me, it's going to be more and more. And if the SEC plays and the Big Ten does not and the Pac-12 does not, you can forget these recruiting classes in the Big Ten. You can forget these recruiting classes in the Big, in the Big 12. They will have – they will have committed uh, suicide for their conferences
0: by doing this. Well, friends, think about this. All of a sudden, the transfer portal will be running over. Those kids aren't going to stay in school. They're going to transfer. And they got to let them be eligible right away, you know? Well, uh, that's one of the reasons that you may see him seceding, as everybody may
3: say in the SEC. Okay, uh, everybody, you've got 85 on scholarship. You could have 100 now.
0: You're right. And, by the way, we'll play six playoff games.
3: Uh, well, that's one thing that's been out there that's been predicted is that we'll have uh, three teams, three leagues playing, and we'll have six playoff games. No, uh,
0: well, it has six teams,
3: actually.
0: Six teams in yeah. the playoffs, which
3: means that yeah. – what have I been saying, buddy, yeah. for two yeah. years? Six teams. You know, that's what I've said for two
0: years. You think they won't watch that on TV? you kidding me? uh they they got three three champ three rounds of of uh you know uh, football games and then you got uh you got a championship game and uh you got SCC football no cupcakes i mean it all is working out perfectly if they can just play the season
3: i thought you were going to say you think they're not going to say that franz beards the guy that had the <laughs> 6 game idea, the idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah i already had the, i already predicted 10 games i already got that right yeah you did yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. and now if there's a if there are six teams in a playoff,
0: oh, I think I, you and I should be the commissioners. I've got well, the no cupcake deal, you know, going in. So we got we got it all out there. So let's go All right, you get the you last. Know,
3: only, I would agree to it only on one reason. Vern Lundquist has to come out of retirement ah, okay. for one last fling. Yeah. All right. You know, I, I can make that. I can make that
0: happen for you.
3: Um, I watched the golf yesterday, and the only thing missing was was Vern Lundquist. All of a sudden, when that kid hits when that kid hits that 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 drive, and down there, the only thing missing is Vern Lundquist saying, "Oh my gosh." Yeah.
0: All right, did you ever? Yeah. Okay, Can Francis.
1: you believe that? All right, what you, you got it. your
0: last two minutes. You're going to use them doing Vern Lenquist impressions? Go ahead. It's oh, all no, no, your...
3: no. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you. Folks, I believe with all my heart that the SEC's got the Nads to stand up to the Big Ten and tell the Big Ten, look, we're playing with you or without you we could really give a rat's ass what you do. And I think also we're going to see at least six schools in the Big Ten say, you know what, we don't need you. Uh, We could be seeing the start of a real revolution. Uh, You know, we've talked about Power 65, well, we may wind up with less than that we may wind up with with uh a whole a, a lot fewer teams but uh every it'll be these few teams playing at the highest level and then everybody else and we could see that we really could um i know that that everybody would like to stick with the, this power 65 bit it makes a lot of sense to stick with them but um gotta hand it to Notre Dame yeah. talk about talk about picking right time pick the, the right, right time side, mm-hmm. side to, to play for yeah they did imagine this if Notre Dame had joined the big 10 they'd be looking at holy cow we may have to
1: secede
0: well here's the deal they're getting uh, the ACC it wants to play because they get half of that NBC money now you know <laughs> so and don't you know NBC is going to be saying, Yeah. Guys. guys, Don't forget us.
1: We'll we'll
3: broadcast, not only will we broadcast every Notre Dame home game, we'll have an ACC game of the week on our network. We'll put
0: Wake Forest on twice.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Wake Forest Gump. Here you go. We love you. Yeah. And and people are going to be so starved for live sports. I promise you, we could have Wake Forest Gump playing a team of all stars with you and me alternating at quarterback with Spurrier oh, coaching.
0: Oh boy. Now and, we're getting stiff. And
3: people would watch just to see if you and I would walk off the field alive <laughs> at the end of it. The-
0: we would. I'm not saying what shape we'd be in, but we would be alive.
3: I, I don't know if I'd be alive.
0: <laughs> Francis, wrap it up in thirty.
3: It's a good day it's a good day to be a gator. That's all I gotta say. And Dan Mullen stand, standing up and saying I backed the we want to play, and I got to give a lot of credit for the maturity shown by Justin Fields, by Trevor Lawrence, and some of these kids who say, you know, we want to play. You know, uh, in in lieu of an absence of of leadership from the NCAA, leave it to the kids to step it up, and I
0: think they did a good job. Were not, never mind the 50-year-old guys; it was the 20-year-old guys that came through. So, you got it, Francis. Thank you. Good job, buddy. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Frantz Beard, checking it out. He's bringing it tonight. So, yeah, we didn't, David, we didn't talk about the PGA today. Uh, I thought about it, but there's so much news going on. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it tomorrow. I watched 10 hours of it over the weekend. I watched a lot of it. And I enjoyed parts of it. I was disappointed in the way that sort of petered out at the end. I mean, uh, the kid who won, was, he played great. Uh, I didn't see the spunk out of some of the guys I hoped to see. I just hey, – we'll talk about it tomorrow. Uh, DeChambeau, I really like him a lot. He kind of faded and on and on and on. Kepka so on and so forth. So don't forget tomorrow morning, I'm on with uh, Shane Matthews. I'm sure we'll talk some golf in the morning. We always do on Tuesdays. We'll talk more about the, this recruiting. We'll talk more about uh, the – the situation with who's in, who's out in football. Will we have a season? Who knows? It changes every 24 hours. This morning, it was over. It's like football, now suddenly, new life. So that's the way it goes. Speaking of new life, I want to be sure and uh, mention that my folk, the folks at, uh, at Meldon Law, and thanks for a sponsorship, picking their scholar-athletes like this. Since 1997, Meldon Law has given away over 600 scholarships to deserving high school scholar athletes, the
3: 2020 Male Scholar Athlete of the Year is Jay Frazier from Dunellen, who will be playing right here in the Swamp for the Gators.
0: I enjoyed the program, and let's keep our fingers crossed. And who knows? Who knows? Maybe we'll, after all, have football. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for watching.